thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another episode of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy, Mac. And today I'm joined by a couple of special guests, good friends of the show, Dan Galinsky and Amadou So, as well as newcomer, Justin Brownlow. What's up, guys? What's going on, man? How you guys doing? Doing good, man. It's, there's just been so much news recently in the, on Cavs Twitter, especially, that I'm uh, glad to have you all in. Justin, I'm going to go to you first. And my first okay. question is, Colin Sexton. Max player or not? No, nah, and I, I, he's not a max player. And I, well, I'll say this: his agent is the same as Donovan Mitchell's. Uh, I think we all know that. So he's going to look for the money Donovan Mitchell got last year, and he's not even anywhere near the stratosphere of Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> like, I, I, I just I, he's not a max player. I would much rather build around like I know this. I'm sure we're going to do it, but. I would much rather build around like Jared Allen just because he's a defensive player. Uh, I mean, his off, like his offensive game isn't great right now, but it shows promise. And it, I think they're going to end up with Mobley. So I don't know. I just, Colin Sexton just, I don't think he fits long-term unless, unless they can turn him into a point guard that passes then I'm all in for him. But like as a shooting guard at six, one, who is a very bad defender, especially on the perimeter and like, has low assist numbers and a high usage rate. I just, I don't see him being like a part of how they want to rebuild. I I don't know how to really put it, but like, I I don't know how my biggest issue with Sexton is he's six (laughs) one. Like I'm very short. I'm also very short. So like, I understand it. But when you have two, when you have two backcourt people that, uh, I mean, Garland didn't Garland played well for the select team and, but he looked, I mean, Patty Mills made everyone on the team USA look stupid, but Garland's not a very good perimeter defender either. And um, two six one guys, I mean, you're just going to get like, I mean, the Bucks one with that all big lineup last night. Like, how how would the Cavs ever stop that? Like, I, I don't know. It, it, he, I I just I I'm, I I'm out the door on him. I I I, I don't I, I don't think he fits in with the long term plan. That's definitely understandable. I mean, it's a good when you're talking about length in terms of the Cavs' current starting unit. It's definitely a cause for you know, uh, it's definitely something that would cause you to worry a little bit in regards to how you would match up against some of these teams with starting units where everybody's like six six and above. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. in the case in point, you know, the Bucks their their size is a huge advantage against you know a lot of different matchups. But I guess my question for you then is. Are you all you, you're just completely you're completely out on re-signing him, period, or you just don't think he's a max player? I don't think he's a max player right now. I, I don't think there's a lot he can do to become a max player. Like he's already averaging over 24 a game. Um, and him scoring more would most likely mean he would command a higher usage rate. Um, and like I don't I didn't love the draft pick of Okoro, but he looked he showed flashes at the end of the year. I mean, he's just taking away shots from Garland and Okoro and all these young guys. And I, I, I just, I, yeah, I'm out the door on him. Like I said, if you could turn him into a point guard who, you know, averages seven, eight assists a game and is a, uh, like a plus defender, that would be awesome. I would totally be into him. Um, and I, like I said, like if he was a six, seven wing with like, somewhat of a defensive mindset I, I would love him he would be I, I you wouldn't trade him for anything he'd be the next Jalen Brown but I, I just defensively they look they, they look they're they're going to be hard to match up with on defense and it, we all agree that the Cavs are still rebuilding um so 
the uh, the idea of letting Jared Allen go because uh, apparently he's probably going to get a hundred million dollars, if not more. And you can't for what the Cavs are right now. I just don't think you can have two max players like that. Uh, I mean, because they're nowhere even near making the playoffs yet. Like not even talking about contending. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Dan and Amadou. I've heard both of your thoughts on Sexton. So, but I'll go to you first, Amadou. We're getting to this point now, especially with the draft coming up, where the Cavs maybe if they don't get Jalen Green, as many speculate that Houston may select uh, Green. We're getting to a point in which the Cavs may have to decide between, you know, who's more important, Darius Garland or Colin Sexton. Um, and in the case that that is uh, what actually happens, would you feel more comfortable moving forward with Darius Garland as opposed to Colin Sexton if you had to move one? Hmm. This question is tough just because I want to see Garland. He, he played spectacular this season. I want to see him do it again. I want to see how much better he can get. Truthfully, as of right now, I don't know if I'm comfortable doing that just because, and Dennis hit on this topic a lot of times, we, we've we seen what Garland has done last year, but there's always a concern of injuries and such. Colin Sexton has been consistent since day, honestly, since day one, if we're being honest, our consistent scorer since his rookie season last year and this season. When the going gets tough, he's the guy that we go to to give us that bucket when we need it. And most of the time, he's always come through with that. Now, I just want to touch on Justin's point really quickly. I get the topic of the defense can be worrisome and having two six one guards can be tough. But honestly, I feel like if it's a team that can make it work, it's the Cavaliers. And just thinking about what they have surrounding those players, Okoro, Mobley, and Allen is as great as young defense as you can get around those that that smaller backcourt. I don't really I, – I, you can, you, I can agree on the point that Colin Sexton's not a max player now, but I truthfully believe he can be. Increasing his usage – He's pretty efficient for a 6-1 guard. I mean, he shot, what, 48% from the field last season, 37% from three, all while being on a roster where the talent was honestly bottom of the league. Let's be honest. It was a lot of times where he was playing alongside guys who were undrafted, late second-round picks, or guys who, you know, he's, he hasn't played with. I mean, Torian Prince was a guy who he played a lot with. He had just been traded midseason. There's no chemistry. There's no consistency on this team. And I feel like if we're able to – you know, limit the injuries um, and actually build a team that fits because the team also could not space the floor at all. Colin Sexton, I believe, was the fourth most team player and he was still able to produce at a pretty good level. I think I think Colin Sexton should, should be here to stay. And as of right now, to answer your question, Mac, I don't know if I'm comfortable moving on from, from Colin Sexton for Darius Garland yet. It could end up like that, obviously, next season. But as of right now, I don't think I'm comfortable doing that. Okay, that is also a very good point. Dan, I'll hand this one off to you. All right, so I kind of, I mean, I, Justin's points are fair. I get it. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm i not as, I don't have as much conviction in terms of, like, how I said before, I'd max him now. Um, but personally, like, just my opinion, whatever, um, I'd rather – keep Colin long-term if you had to theoretically choose between two I don't think you really do have to as of right now but um I just look at I don't know if if you can get the 10 pick from the Pels and you can get a guy like Alexander Walker back um and then you get a player like a Modus Moody somebody like that um, I I'd very much consider that if I'm the Cavs for Colin, I don't know if they could get that, but um, if that's like your alternative, okay. But I, I, I like Colin a lot. I just, I, I, to me, durability is such a, it's just, a, it's a glaring concern with Darius Garland. That's, that's the facts. Um, last year, uh, it, it really played well. I'm not denying that. And the stats are kind of down. I mean, they're kind of, there's a bit of a dip just because of those four games he came off the bench. Um, but yeah, really good player. I think his vision is, is something that he, it's just innate. Um, some guys just don't have that. And he's one of those players. It's not engineered. He has that ability. And I think it would be interesting to see if the Cavs can kind of get him some off movement shooting ability stuff. Um, this next season more, I think that's really kind of untapped with him. But um, again, 
I wouldn't necessarily be comfortable with that um, just because I, I know that Colin has his warts and not saying he doesn't, but I just think with what he brings to this team um, from a mentality standpoint, um, he's a worker, he's a grinder. Um, I think he's, he, the Cavs just do not have enough good players, just period point blank. And if you're going to deal him for the 19 and 21 picks from the net, from the Knicks, which is being like rumored, I, I just, you're asking for a lot uh, that puts a lot of undue pressure on rookies. Again, um, I'd rather just keep Colin and, and not deal him if that's like kind of what's the best, best offer is, which it kind of seems like could be um, right now. Then I'd rather just go out and get a guy like Reggie Bullock um, in free agency, somebody like that. Uh, that's like a knockdown shooter can guard. Uh, and I, I think there's a good possibility he'd come here. I think he, he could be help young guys. I think he'd buy into that. Um, and if you need him to, I think he could start or come off the bench. I think he could be really invaluable to a guy like Horo. Um, that you can kind of split those minutes, but um, I, I I value Colin highly just because we don't we don't have many we don't have shot creators other than Darius and Darius again. I I, I do honestly think injuries are a concern. That's fair. Definitely, definitely fair. And so, Justin, in turn, if you were looking at a trade package for Sexton, what would you feel comfortable with in regards to a return? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Knicks, the one, the one that's offered out there, like, that's crazy. Like, I understand. I don't like Colin Sexton, but I understand he has a value to the team. Trading him to the Knicks for Obi Toppin, who they already passed on, and, um, uh, Kevin Knox, who's been like what three or four years and like what averages three minutes a game, so yeah, that's completely like uh, out of the question for me. Um, I love a lot, like two guys especially in the like probably the eight to twelve range: Josh Giddy and Moses Moody. I think Mo- Moses Moody is going to be. I mean, I think the floor for him is Mikhail Bridges, um, but you're better off asking someone else first and I'll, uh, I'll like go off of that. I think, uh, and I will also say if you could turn, uh, Colin Sexton into, uh, the sixth man, he would be the best sixth man in the league every single year. He, I mean, he's Lou Williams, like he's a rich man's version of Lou Williams coming off the bench. So he would make an immediate impact in that sense. Uh, but I, he's just not gonna, I, I doubt he'll accept that role. Yeah, that was going to be my next statement. I have no doubt in my mind that Colin Sexton would be an extremely successful sixth man, but I just don't think you could sell him on that role because I think he believes he is is more than that, and to me, it's rightfully so. Um, I don't know if I myself would feel comfortable maxing Sexton out. I've echoed this many times. I'm sure you guys have heard. I don't, I'm of the belief that the Cavs should let him play up until at least restricted free agency. And if he makes a big leap this year, you match whatever sheet, uh, whatever offer sheet that, that is uh, handed his way. That's just, that's my opinion. But Completely reasonable. Yeah, it, we, we just don't know, you know, the mindset of these guys, you know, Kobe Altman in particular. We don't know what kind of moves are coming down the pipeline. And obviously a lot of this is going to be determined for us, depending upon who the first two teams in the draft select. But I think that there is a path to success uh, for, for this team when you're talking about the futures of Garland and Sexton and even to a you know lesser extent, Okoro, because to me, um, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen this as well on Twitter. I kind of posted it as a hot take, but I, I'm starting to believe more and more that Isaac Okoro has the most potential of anybody on the line uh, in the lineup right now. Um, I don't know if that's how you guys feel. I'm sure it's not. But to me, I think that uh, there, there definitely is a way for this team to climb you know, further along in the rebuild. Maybe not so quickly as someone like, you know, the Atlanta Hawks who jumped all the way into the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, if I'm not mistaken. But I definitely think the play-in and a spot in the playoffs is, you know, within reach if the chips fall in, you know, the right direction. Uh, which kind of leads me to my next uh, point, uh, my next question for you guys, and that is the future of Kevin Love. Now, we, we saw the debacle that was his inclusion 
to Team USA. I'm not going to comment on that. On that, I'll let you know, uh, uh, listeners do that for me. Yeah, let Jalen Rose keep going. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but I do think that uh, Kevin Love there 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 is a there's a silver lining in all this, and I, I'm sure you guys have seen the article from Cavs Nation about this, but. I think Kevin Love finally is starting to see that his role, he has nowhere left to go, but to, to, to change his viewpoint on how he should be played. So my question for you, and I'll go to Dan first, should Kevin Love remain in Cleveland? Um, Did he want to well, remain in Cleveland? It, it's, it, I don't know, it's, it's kind of just a tough thing for me to say outright just because, at this rate, I don't want to just, I don't want to be dealing Colin just to like get love off the books. I, I don't want that to be um, just because, I mean, potentially next offseason, yeah, there could be notable cap space, but I don't want to get rid of my, one of my better players just to like move off love's situation. Um, just because like, what is cap space after next season? You suck going to do for you anyway. So, yeah, I I think at this point, I just think with love, they'll probably, I'm not saying I'm for it, but I don't really see a buyout being the case. I, just, I don't think they're going to want to have like five years stretched. I, I don't personally want them to do that. Um, I don't think it's like such a dire situation where you do need to just move them just to move them. Um, and packaging with Colin, I mean, you'd think it's the only way you'd feasibly do it. Um, I, I don't want them to do that at this point. I just think they need, it seems like they're having prepared to like have like a hard conversation with him about like, I think he'll start. I think it'll be the opening night starting four, but I think he has to play. He, he needs to buy into playing like 20 to 22 minutes from here. And if you can move him near the deadline and in the situation with Colin or maybe earlier than that, like with a package involving like Prince, um, is like an expiring kind of thing it, via three team deal. Maybe you do it, but I just think they have to be prepared that it's like, they don't seem like they want to have do the buyout thing. I don't think it honestly is realistic. Um, and I don't know if, I, I don't know what Kevin's motivation is for that, but I, I think, yeah, I think if you can buy it, if he buys into maybe 20 to 22 minutes, um, I, I like, I don't know if he'll, he'd specifically buy into a bench role, but I think that's about what it has to be. And he just had like, at this point, we've kind of hit on this in, in like our, our Slack chat to me, I, I think at this rate, he's almost like a meet, like really, I almost feel like that's his value. Um, it's basically as a floor spacer, pick and pop guy. He's a, still a very good passer, but we just don't know. Like he can't ramp up stuff right now to, to get in game shape. Yet, um, you don't want to have him progress too like too soon and and and, and risk like re injury. So I think it has to be you just play you keep him around, and if you can find something for him down the road, you do. But I just I don't know if he's actually movable. But I think for at least a couple months, I think he plays twenty two minutes, and you just kind of there's going to be times when maybe he's hot, he plays more, but. I think that's what it has to be right now. Okay. All right. That's fair. Amadou, can you think the Cavs can sell love off uh, of coming off the bench? Um, I think at this point, they just kind of have to. Uh, just all the points that Dennis hit on. I, I mean, Dean Wade, where... he should not be taking many minutes from Dean Wade even right now. Yeah, honestly. You... I, I agree with that point. Is there a but, case um, to be made that Larry Nance should start over? I don't think so. Even if they draft, uh, if they draft uh, Evan Mobley, I don't think so. Even if they don't, honestly, I'm I'm just not sure. I like Nance off the bench, but his durability and consistency kind of scares me. Um, I hit on this in, in an article I wrote, you know, a couple, I think like a month or so back, uh, just talking about his durability over his career. It just hasn't been good, and that bench role I think just 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 fits him well. So I don't know if I want to ruin that to to just. And for, for in spite of, of Kevin Love, but either way, just talking about Kevin Love's role, I think, yeah, you have to have that conversation with him. 
I don't like it just because it is $30 million coming off the bench. But if you draft Mobley, I feel like the, the proof is going to put him right there for love. Honestly, his, his time in Cleveland is coming to an end. Um, if he, if all these, these tantrums or whatever that's happening has been due to the fact that the Cavs have not been winning and then you go talk to him and he still doesn't want to come off the bench. I just feel like it's a lot of hypocrisy right there. I don't know. I feel like if it's truly about winning, he'll accept the bench role and continue to contribute for the team um, from there. If not, then I'm not sure, honestly. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely understand that. Personally, guys, um, you know, I want love to succeed. I, I hate seeing these outbursts. And, you know, I am forever grateful for his role in bringing us a, a championship. But, mm-hmm. you know, there comes a time there really comes a time when you just have to, you know, it's a what have you done for me lately league. You can you just can't live, continue to live in the past with some of these players. And I think Kevin Love in particular, although, you know, I, I'm very grateful for what he's done. He's got to step his game up or he's got to move to the side. Um, <laughs> with that being said, I'll go ahead and move on to the next topic, because truthfully told, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the Kevin Love, you know, the. The, the continuous circus that has uh, has really started to follow him around. Yeah, it's just can, the, I hop in, can I hop in real quick before you move to the next topic? No problem. Go ahead. I'm just be kind of more of the devil's advocate here. We saw what Blake Griffin did with the Nets. Was he great? No, but he was a huge asset for them down the stretch and in the playoffs. I don't think there's any reason to believe Kevin Love couldn't be that for a winning team. So – I think the only issue you're going to have with Kevin Love coming off the bench is that the Cavs aren't like, I don't really think they're any right. Like even if they draft Mobley or green, I don't think they're close enough to contending or even making the playoffs really to entice Kevin Love to be like, Hey, like you can come off the bench. So I don't know how they do it. I don't think they do a buyout. I I, I don't know what they do, but I, 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 it's hard for me to believe that a team like, I don't know, the 76ers or, you know, even the Bucks next year in the playoffs couldn't use a guy like Kevin Love. Like, I, and I understand his, his contracts, it, it sucks. It's horrible. But it, I, I just think there's value to him somewhere. I mean, we, Blake Griffin, like, didn't dunk for about, like, the past two yeah. years. And he came in and, like, he was saving it. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I, I love Blake Griffin, so that's fine. And I also love Kevin Love because he's my the, – the defense he played on Steph Curry in that 2016 Game 7, mm-hmm. just like my ultimate – like because I hate Steph Curry, and his unanimous MVP is a joke. So I always use that, that Kevin Love can guard him. But, yeah, I, I just think he has value somewhere else. And then to go back to your original point, Matt, you would – or Mac, you had said like what a trade would – I think I would accept for Colin Sexton. I, I'm sure you guys have seen it thrown out there. Uh, like the Warriors want a starter or a good starter for pick seven and 14. Does Colin Sexton not fit that role? Yeah. I just, I don't think they would view him that highly, but yeah, I mean, I would do that. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. I just want to make sure everyone's in on that. Cause I honestly, I don't think Detroit's going to move out of one pretty much no matter what, unless they get an offer that blows them away. So if you could get, I don't know, uh, Mobley, whoever you guys another shooter like six man guy and then like a giddy or uh, Corey Kispert at 14 I think that would be huge it would definitely merit consideration that would be one that I'd strongly have to consider I I can't lie about that Um, with that being said we'll go ahead and move on to the exciting topic (laughs) and that's the draft so you see so many people so many Cavs aficionados you know, explaining their points of view on this. And I guess ours is no different. So, Justin, I'll go to you first on this one. Who is the more na- who's the most natural fit for this Cavs roster at number three, assuming we stay there? Uh, like, so as if the roster as it is right now is intact going into next year? Yes. So assuming the Cavs haven't made any changes by the time draft rolls around, who is the most natural fit or who would you like to see rather – the Cavs uh, acquire. If the, I mean, you're not going to like this answer, but if this roster is intact going into next year, the best option for them is probably Jonathan Kuminga, I think. Uh, but I know you want to talk about Evan Mobley and Jalen Green. 
Oh, hey. dude, you're fine. I was not yeah. expecting that. I'm, I want to hear more about this because I was not expecting that. Go ahead. Uh, obviously, Kaminga, like, he shot terribly in um, the G League. And, like, let's be honest, his shot doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. That's fine. Like, whatever. Mobley, I think, uh, like, he's a natural five to me. And coming in this year, he would most likely have to play the four, which I'm not so much against necessarily, but I don't necessarily want him to fall into a role like Jaron Jackson has with the Memphis Grizzlies, where I love Jaron Jackson and he has a good role for them, but he's, he should be a five and he just doesn't rebound at the level that a five does. So he can't be a five. And then Jalen green, I, I think he'll be better than Colin Sexton after two years in the league, but if the roster's intact, there's just, he's got to come off the bench too. Um, and then I just think Kuminga, like, and this is totally contradicting basically everything I've written on the website. Um, but, uh, like he just fits that bill to come off the bench, be, uh, um, like a defensive stopper. I mean, he could hopefully lock down a- any wing player you want and he's explosive on offense. Is he great? No, he's a good finisher. Uh, and I, I don't necessarily believe it yet. Cause I haven't watched enough of it yet, but there are people out there who think he's a better rebounder than Evan Mobley. And, like I'm well aware Kaminga's shot is not like, it's most likely probably never going to like, he's probably never going to shoot above 35% from three. That's fine. Um, but I, I, I think people are overlooking and just kind of giving into the fact that Mobley is going to be able to stretch his range out to the three point line. I'm just a little skeptical on that. So I think a guy like Kaminga who's been dropped, like dropping down the boards and like, for whatever reason, I think he would be great. Um, but like I said, I, I would rather have, I, I rather have Kaminga, but in my article I wrote the other day, you got to take the best player available. So if that's green or Mobley, you have to do it because right now the Cavs just need more player. Like they just need more good players. I almost feel like with him, there's like such a pendulum in my opinion of, of like where he could be. Like, I, I think he could end up being like, if he bottoms out like a Josh Smith, or he could, I mean, there's a possibility, in my, I think, if the shot can, given that the guy didn't have it early, like he had, like there is some like Kawhi level potential as a shot creator, but he, like he is all, like athletically, like he's a bull, like he's, he's so damn strong. And I like, I think he honestly could be maximized as more of four, but it's, I mean, it's in, like if the Cavs were at five, I, I'd be all for him getting Kaminga, like in that sense. Like I, I actually, I'm like with Justin, I, I really see there's, I, I think Moses Moody is almost like underrated, like, like what his ceiling could be, but yeah, like Kaminga at three, I, I'm, I think you just, you just can't really consider that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would say my ceiling for him, like, I would say it's Jimmy Butler more than anything. Um, but I don't know if it's going to come to that. I mean, Jimmy Butler has never really developed a sh- outside shot. He's pretty good within the inside the arc, but um, almost like D Wade type shooting. Yeah, it, I don't have confidence. I'll just say this, and then with this, I don't have confidence in basically uh, Mobley's shot or Kaminga's shot, and definitely not Scotty Barnes's shot. So, yeah, yeah. That's uh, right. I, but like I said, I think they have to take the best player available. Uh, there's like rumors out there that Houston is conflicted. I think that's all chatter. I, I've accepted at this point it's going to come down to Evan Mobley or Jalen Suggs. I would prefer Jalen Suggs in the Cavs and could trade Colin Sexton, but if Mobley's there, you kind of got to take him. Amadou, does drafting Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green signal the end for Sexton? Uh, I think it just has to. Honestly, you're talking about two guards slash wing uh, that are both, I think Jalen Suggs is, what, 6'4", and Jalen Green is, what, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Either or, both of those guys are, well, Jalen Suggs is a 1-2. Uh, Green is a 2, can play the 3 maybe early on, but I feel like, honestly, it's it, it'd be better to play him at the shooting guard position. And um, I don't know if it signals the end for Colin Sexton, though, just because I feel like if Jalen Green's playmaking is better than advertised, you could make the case that maybe the Cavs look to move on from Darius Garland instead and have that one-two punch of Sexton and Green. But honestly, as it looks right now, it probably doesn't mean that Colin Sexton is the odd man now just because of his contract extension looming as well as 
Uh, Garland is the much, much, much better playmaker right now. Um, so, yeah, honestly, I think it just has to, just because of who those players are and Colin Sexton's current situation. Yeah, you just find so many deferring points of view on, you know, how what what Colin's ceiling is, whether or not his stats are empty, things of that nature. I mean, I, you know, I... I try not to indulge in it, but we we can't help ourselves, right? I mean, we're, like, we're, we're really trying to ride or die for some of our favorite players here, but, you know. No empty stats to Haram. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you can't take the just the good. You have to take some of the bad, too. So you don't know. You don't really know what, uh, you know, what the atmosphere is like in the building. You don't know if his teammates like playing with him or not. And I'm not going to get into all that, but I will say this. You know, somebody's got to shoot the ball. <laughs> somebody's got to score. Mm-hmm. So you can't put the blame all on Colin Sexton in that department because he's one of the only true shot creators on the team. I think his ceiling is high. I think that there is a case also to be made that he could be an excellent six man, but that's just not the future I see for him. And I hope that's not the case. Uh, with that being said, guys, I thought we'd discuss a couple of the Cavs free agent options. And I, I know a lot of this is going to have to be determined by whoever the Cavs select. You know, we may see a few trades. I wouldn't honestly be opposed to the Cavs moving off the third pick to get picks five and eight on the Magic. If that deal somehow presented itself, I wouldn't be mad. But the point is, Cavs free agency is going to be determined by its draft. So in that same line of thought, Justin, I'll go to you first. Who's who should be the Cavs' biggest free agent target in terms of position? Uh, I mean, for, I mean, first of all, it has to be Jared Allen first. I think he's the biggest priority. Uh, resigning him, um, I've seen a, a lot of names out there. Uh, Will Barton definitely would bring a lot. Uh, I love what Dan said about um, Reggie Bullock. I think he's kind of a you know come in off the bench guy that, I mean, he can just hit his shots and he, yeah, I mean, he's a three, he's a plus defender for the most part. Um, I'm not in love with TJ McConnell, um, but I, they definitely need to sign uh, like a veteran backup point guard. Uh, so he could be an option. Um, I, I just think they need to be really careful and not overspend for, you know, guys like TJ McConnell. I've seen Jeff Green's name thrown out there. Just don't overspend. I mean, I, 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 they really do need to rebuild to the draft, but it's definitely like you, you saw it. What you've seen it with the Suns did this year. Like they did it through the draft, but they also added key free agent signings along the way, like Tory Craig, things like that. So um, I would definitely be interested in TJ McConnell. Uh, oddly enough, uh, I, I would be interested in Jeff Green as well, um, even though I, I, he's got to be like forty-two. Um, and yeah, a guy like TJ McConnell isn't bad either to have in, um, uh, you know, as a backup, but, uh, I really like Reggie Bullock. He also went to the greatest, uh, university in the world. Um, so yeah, I, I like Reggie Bullock. I, I think that you just need to play it. Like, I think they need to read the market first on what the values are going to be on people, um, and not jump in right away without, you know, like, like seeing what others are valuing people at, because I don't think they can afford to overvalue certain uh, free agents and pay plus money to people that, you know, may not really end up being involved in the long term. Okay. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I'm going to do, I'm going to toss this question at you. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll look at this both ways. If the Cavs, cause it seemingly is just down to two guys uh, like you guys echoed earlier. So if the Cavs end up with Mobley, who do you target free agency? Because, you know, you have a couple of guys you really need to resign, like Justin already alluded to with Allen. You know, I don't know what they're going to do with Sexton. Uh, but assuming that the pick is Mobley, who should be then the free agent target? Well, I feel like if the pick is Mobley, uh, the two targets, honestly, in free agent are facilitators and shooting. Now, shooting, obviously, there's guys like Doug McDermott, Reggie Bullock, like Dan said. Um, as well as other guys who, you know, they can get in free agency and such. Um, and then facilitating, obviously, the point guards that are out there currently, TJ McConnell, uh, Patty Mills is another one, Ish Smith, Jeff T. I, I, I kind of stay clear from Jeff T. But I kind of want to, um, yeah, just want to continue on to what Justin said. I feel like for the Cavaliers, I think they are, they're kind of going to have to jump the gun on these free agents if they want to bring them in just because 
you're talking about a team who currently is still in the rebuilding phase, um, as well as being an already small market. You know, Cleveland is obviously not a big free agency destination. So if they're going to want to get a TJ McConnell, if they're going to want to get a Patty Mills, if they're going to want to get a, a, a Doug McDermott or a Reggie Bullock, I feel like they're going to have to overpay. Um, and I'm fine with that. Honestly, I'm fine with that because you're, you're addressing a need. And it's not like these players are just some, you know, you know, these are these are pretty quality NBA players. You know, TJ McConnell, you know, is a, is a nice defender with with great playmaking abilities. He averaged what I think six or seven assists last season. Um, Patty Mills, we know he can shoot. He's a champion. Um, he's done a lot in his career. Uh, Doug McDermott is as good at shooting as you can get, and Reggie Bullock is, is is good too. So, yeah, I feel like shooting and facilitating are the biggest needs for this team. Um, and I feel like this is the year to do it. Honestly, yes, you're gonna have to overpay, uh, but I, I think you you can you can live with that definitely if you, if you're looking to compete, which I think obviously everybody knows the Cavaliers are looking to do. Okay, yeah, and conversely, you know, I'm sure the answer will remain the same, but I'll ask anyways. If you draft Green, does that change the outlook on key free agents? Um, no, honestly, yeah, shooting shooting stunning still you know the needs, but I do want to say if you do draft Green you probably look more towards, you know, acquiring some three and D guys. Now I'm not sure how many of them are in free agency, but I feel like you can do so maybe through trade. Uh, one guy in particular, maybe a Terrence Ross is a name that um, I wrote about in an article Dan has talked about too. Uh, maybe potentially if we're looking at guards of Frank Nilakina, another defender, you know, a lengthy defender that you can add just, just uh, to combat the length loss. Because I feel like if you draft a green, he may come off the bench to start, but Honestly, with with Garland still being on the team, potentially Colin Sexton, you're going to have to play Green at the three. I mean, there's just no way Green continues to come off the bench throughout his entire rookie season. So you're going to need to add more length to combat that and just more defenders overall. Dan, are you kind of feeling the same way? Does it, does it really matter who the uh, who the Cavs select? Should it really impact the free agency target? Yeah, I, I'm with Amit. I think it just has to be you have to be looking at um, a primary bench facilitator. Um, and or three and D guys. Um, I, I like McBuckets a lot too. I think he's just a knockdown shooter. Um, a guy that can come in there for you, get you 10 points um, in like a quick kind of spurt. I, I think he's, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying comparing him to the same shooter, but his gravity is a, as a shooter is, is almost quarter like. And I just think with what the attention he could draw off the ball could really help your, um, kind of tertiary guys get to the basket, like in a Coro, um, guys like that. I, I also just, can I just ask like a general question to like whomever? Sure. Would you guys have any, like, do you think the Cavs should have interest in Chris Dunn? Like, like if it were say like a multi-year, like, like a two-year, like 14 mil deal, like, would you consider that? I feel like that might be his market. Absolutely. I was just thinking about this the other day because I'm not going to lie to you guys. Chris Dunn is on my team <laughs> in 2K <laughs> for, oh, the yeah. for the Cavs. Okay. He's a lockdown guy if he's healthy. Yes. Yeah. And when that, he's healthy. And that, that, that's a big question mark. His health. Yeah, it is. His market is going to obviously be down, you know, especially with him barely appearing with the Hawks this season. Yeah. So I think it's definitely a target you could uh, potentially look at if they strike out on, you know, bigger names. <laughs> um, is, there, is there a possibility that Alec Burks might come back here? If he no, in the in no. ML, you don't think so? No, yeah, I, I think the playoffs played itself out of that. Honestly, yeah, he is. I okay. don't even think he would consider it, even if you do a bunch. Probably of not, but because they I'm, do have Bullock too. That they like, they have some notable free agents that are like kind of like mid-level guys. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely would advocate for it. If he'd want to come, he'd definitely be a good fit. And now, you know, with now, he didn't fit the timeline before. But as a veteran presence, he would definitely add a lot in terms of what they need. Um, <clears throat> Justin, should the Cavs, if you're going to re-sign Allen to a possible $100 million max extension, would you really want to re-sign Hartenstein? Uh, preferably not. I mean, there's going to be a lot of centers out there that, uh, are free agents this summer. I mean, I just saw, I was looking at some of the free agents I saw. I mean, Dwight Howard's going to be free agent. Um, 
some other guys in the center are going to be a free agent. Uh, Hardenstein is a really good, I mean, he has the body for it to be a rim protector and he's a really good rebounder. Um, and if he, like, I have no issue with basically anyone on the Cavs coming back at a, at, at a decent price. Um, I, I mean, I don't think bringing him back on a, a small deal would be a bad thing. And I don't think letting him go would be a bad thing necessarily, but um, yeah, I, that's what I got. <laughs> hey, Dan, the Cavs should resign Andre Drummond. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, I would vote for that. If you can get him on, let me seriously, serious consideration. If you can get him for a veteran minimum, would you consider resigning him? Is that a serious question? Uh, I just want to hear you answer. No, I just want to no, hear you absolutely not. I'm not going to go into my, my one of my Drummond tangents right now, but no, <laughs> absolutely not. Love Andre Drummond. Yeah, uh, I mean, so many people feel so differently about him. I personally feel like Brooklyn should sign him. I think they could do it and, and make it work, but, you know, we'll see what happens with him. He might be out of the NBA. Yeah, he'll go over he'll go over to China and make a lot of money. That's fine. I think that's I honestly I think he'd be fine with that. He's gonna I take the Marbury route. He, see, he oh. seems like the type too. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I uh, he would definitely like go to the NBL and like sign like a three or like a one year thirty million dollar deal with a team or something like that. So yeah. Yeah. Could definitely. Oh, and I just have the la- just one last question for who, whoever. Um Terrence Davis is, I think, a restricted free agent. Do you have any idea, like, what he might cost? I don't think it's a cost question. much. Is he restricted? He was traded for. I think it could. You could maybe like, may, like they might they might just match it. But I feel like if you offered like a three or like, like I don't know, like fourteen deal, maybe I feel like that you might be able to get him. It's certainly possible, you know. Yeah. I mean, because that could give he could like in this kind of situation. I think, especially if you eventually do move Sexton, I mean, it's kind of like a combo guard that can just be like a, a like a shot creator off off the bench. He would definitely, you know, fit the mold of what we need here. Would you guys consider bringing back somebody like Dante Exum? <sighs> Honestly, if it's cheap, like I'm talking like minimum deal cheap, I don't see why not. I'd rather get. I'd rather get. How about Hami uh, Jallo? Um. <laughs> I feel like they might not give him a player option or uh, uh, what am I? Uh, a qualifying offer. I don't know. I'd rather, I'd rather take a flyer on him than Dante Agnew, who's literally made of glass. Wait, who did you say? Yeah, he said Hami um, Jallo. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that, I mean, he showed some things with Detroit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He did. Like I would just because, just because they have so many players. Yeah, I, I I'd throw money at him. I, I definitely would. I also but. wonder what it what it might take to get Josh Jackson in a trade. Because hmm. he's going to have to be the odd man out. Because they're going to get Cade too. Like where where is he going to get this? Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm kind of out on Josh Jackson currently. Okay. <sighs> Um, to me, Josh Jackson yeah. would be like a, a, a downgrade from Isaac Okoro. You know, it's some yeah. a, a, just another wing that kind of struggles with uh, with offense. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I would That's be fair. shocked if I would be shocked if the Pistons didn't bring back Diallo. I would be shocked. I don't know if I would be shocked, but I could see it. I just think he like with the whole rebuild of that team and how young they are. He, I mean, he's young. He just fits in with what I think they're trying to do. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you, and I just I just say that just because they have what three picks. Yeah, the, they have a lot of. I think young they have guys four coming in. Oh, yeah, they have. They have is it? Do so they have four like in in total? Then yeah, they have four. I think they have. They obviously have the one. Do they have another one in the first round? I think they have. I think they have. I think it's do. just like two and two. I think yeah, you're right. I have to yeah. double check that. I think yeah, it's. I think they have three in the second round. I'm just thinking, like, that'd just be like another guaranteed contract. Like, I, I feel like they might. He might be like not getting a, a qualifying offer. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I think the real question uh, in free agency is who is gonna. I mean incredibly overpay for uh john collins oh god that's an interesting question he's gonna i mean 
Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. I was just going to say the Hawks are kind of stuck with having to just resign him now just because, you know, they made the conference founders and such. But I feel like he's LA, actually, his representation is going to command like super max money. I yes. think so too. So. I don't know. I don't think so. I think, I think he'll get it, it too. I think, I, I'm actually with Justin there. I think somebody will do it. I think. Yeah. Is there a possibility maybe like via sign and trade of that for KP? <laughs> that is so funny. You just said that. I was just going to say that I feel like Dallas would love him. I could, I really don't think that's outside the world possibility at all. I agree. Not a bad question. So see. Man, would you guys throw into the uh, the Lonzo Ball no, <laughs> restricted no, free agency? No. I think he's. I think the Lakers are going to get him. I think so? he's I such a. I think he's such a vastly overrated player. Honestly, I agree. I but. think I think Chicago just makes a lot of sense for him, honestly. Chicago's got to be careful. Like, I, I yeah. It, how they blew that trade for? I mean, Vucevic had you got to you got to think if you do that. Thing, so you're, like, you're not getting Levine resigned. You think so? I I think it's that's the ramification of it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like their their core is good. I think the only thing was they didn't have chemistry and then injuries and code, of course. I feel like you add Lonzo to that. I don't know. That, that Justin hit be, on it in an article, yeah. I think, today. Like, them kind of, like, going all in for Vooch. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, how, what is he like a – he's not even really, like, a floor raiser that much. It, it, I, I mean – I think I crippled him. I, yeah, I mean, I wrote about it a little bit um, – about in the article the other day about just it's i have no idea what they were doing i i ended up looking at that trade for like 30 minutes i have no idea what they were doing they were 19 and 24 granted the eastern yeah. conference is weaker but like even even if you add booch to that uh guys they have and granted they traded away wendell carter jr who i didn't love but i mean he's a young player he's a nice player yeah, I, but I just have no idea why they decided to trade their first overall pick this year for Vooch. Like, they were, I mean, at best, they were going to be like two firsts that they give up, correct? Yes, they ended up being two, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's, I mean, just the second to, one unprotected? I'm not even sure, honestly. I think the, uh, the second it, one, yeah. Sure. I, I, well, I think, like, based on the lack of protection, so to speak, it conveyed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, which was like that was kind of almost like a disastrous trade. Yeah, and just just because you're at you're going all in. Well, you know what you know what it might have been. Maybe they're just expecting Levine to leave. Maybe at some point because but then again, at why why make the trade then if you're just expecting Levine to leave? Wouldn't you want you know the young players that you could potentially gotten in this year's draft? <laughs> like I said, I looked at this for like thirty minutes. I have no idea what they were doing. Like it, it, yeah. It, it made no sense mortgaging your whole future to get, yeah. I mean, at best they were going to get up to like what the fifth seed maybe. So I, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. I don't, AK kind of seems like he's been kind of a disastrous GM thus far. Like that, that's almost like downplayed how actually bad he's been. And they're, mm-hmm. I mean, marketing, I, I don't know what the market will be for him, but, like I didn't think there was any possibility he'd be back, but they they kind of need him right now. You think so? I don't. I think he's he's gone. Honestly. Well, where where who's who's going to be signing him? Like I could see like the Pelicans maybe. The Pelicans, yeah, Pelicans makes sense. But, but I, oh, I don't know. Like they they don't. I like their forward situation. Like, like I don't. Know, I guess you're banking on Patrick Williams to be like really really good, and I don't. I don't know. That's asking a lot. Oh, Pat, Pat, I like Pat Williams. I think he's solid. I don't know. I feel like the trade was just an aggressive move to maybe not win now at that particular moment, but for next season, I could see them being, you know, a fifth, sixth seed. Honestly, if, if everything goes according to plan, which, you know, you have. I don't know, dude. I, I don't. Players. If, if you look around the East right now, there are not many doormat teams anymore. I, I really don't. Like, yeah. other than the, the yeah. Magic. Who around the East is just going to like lose? Like, mm-hmm. I, it's not as bad as people think. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're, the Bulls are honestly even a guaranteed plan team. I don't, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. 
okay. I, I kind of random question. I, I thought of it kind of last night. Would, would, would you, would you, any of you guys really, would you trade the third pick for the fifth and eighth uh, with Colin Sexton for Jonathan Isaac? I love Isaac. I, no. I, I, no. I'm obsessed I think with I probably, I, no, I, I, I don't would. know if I, I'd consider it. I don't think I would. I would only consider it for for the draft picks, but I, I'm not a, a huge Isaac fan, uh, at least enough to make that trade. So no, I, I don't. I think like I Isaac a lot. I like him, but I don't. I like the shot creation, but he is made of glass too. Yeah, just what he was. He had uh, an ACL injury. Was the previous one an ACL too? Uh, sure. Either way, if the injury concerns are, are I don't too remember. Extreme. It was some. It was something lower extremity related, though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so many, you know, there's so many different free agent options out here. I don't know, you know, who who the Cavs are going to target, but <laughs> it's a uh, it, it's going to be one of the better free agencies, uh, free agencies in years, if you ask me. Honestly, I just want to say really quickly, my prediction. I don't think free agency will be as big, maybe as many people are expecting for the Cavs. I think the Cavs are really going to be active in the trade market, however, though. I feel like that's where they're going to get those those high-quality you know, veterans that yeah. we talk about they so much need. I think Harris agree. Ross would just be so yeah. huge. Like, yes. That should be I, their like, zeroed-in target. Y'all think like they Trent flip Russell. Prince? Yeah, honestly. Prince Prince, in a couple seconds for Terrence Ross just makes a lot of sense. Um, they just have to sort of do it. You could say, I mean, maybe it'll, it'll cost a little bit more than dad. You might have to throw in another second, but I feel like you can, you can definitely get it done. I feel like I, Windler is kind of a sneaky candidate to be traded to. Yeah. Just can't stay healthy. He's another guy that you uh, made a glass, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's I, just so weird because in college, like he had such a high workload too. And I know I get that it was the said, like said conference he was in whatever, but I just looking at him now, like he just he does look so frail. Like it's hard to believe that. Like I, I don't even know what I was thinking. Think that he could be like a four at times. I don't know what I was thinking. I couldn't I have been more. I couldn't have been more wrong. I just him. I'll just say this about the Cavs too. I think they just really need to be near the phones as the trade grows closer. Because I think I think Golden State's going to start to panic if they don't get a trade done. I think the Magic can start to panic, and I think a lot of teams are just like this. It seems like the league is like either like it's almost like dividing into like the winners and like not the winners lose, but the the contenders and the non-contenders. And I feel like a lot of teams are going to want to trade, try and stay in that upper echelon. So, like, oddly mm-hmm. enough, I I think Colin Sexton's trade value is going to be at the peak probably on draft night. That's fair to say. Yeah, fair. So I guess I'll close out today's episode with just a question for each of you. What would constitute a success for the Cavs in this offseason? Honestly. Okay, yeah, Justin, you can go first. Oh, so I was just going to say not me. Somebody. Oh, (laughs) no, Justin, he's got it. He's got it. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) Successful offseason. Getting it's a successful offseason if you get one of Mobley or Green. Oh, sorry, was this successful offseason or successful next season? Offseason. Off season. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, like, like we've kind of talked about. I don't think you can. They need to be like, like, kind of like uh, Dan said. Like, they need to kind of zero in on targets in the free agency and get those done. And like, hopefully early enough. And then, like I said, just getting Mobley or green or any, any of the top five guys there, I, I think it's a win. And then it, it would be a, a championship off season. Basically, if, uh, if you're able to get, if you're able to get another pick in the lottery without trading Sexton, but who knows? Mm-hmm. I, I also will say I, I don't think anyone on the Cavs should be untouchable at this point. Like, I, if the right offer comes mm-hmm. from Okoro, I would give Okoro away. If the right offer comes for Garland, I think you have to give that away. If a sign and trade comes up for Jared Allen that benefits the team, then you got to look at that too. So I, I, I think, I think nothing is untouchable and nothing is like off limits. So, okay, I feel like 
personally, a successful offseason me is just being aggressive and dealing with those pressing needs, honestly. Now, I'm not saying obviously go out there and just, just trade all these picks for all these players and such, but I want the team to really make an effort to try and, you know, fill fill the roles of the team that need to be filled, such as getting a backup point guard. You know, I would, I would love to hear them, you know, and in most of these rumors, and I know they're just rumors, but it, it, it's good to have your name and, and such like that. You know, find ways to add more shooting um, and just continue to do stuff like that. But like Justin just said, I don't think anybody is untouchable. If there's a move out there that can make a, the team better while having to sacrifice, you know, I'll just say the core four because those are those guys are you know the ones with the most trade value and such. Besides, obviously the top three pick, I might I'll be hesitant. But if it has to get done, then I, I guess that's a move that you have to make. But I, I don't know. I just really want the team to be aggressive in their pursuit to to fill out these needs on the roster. I, I, personally, a successful offseason. Also, I'll add this in is that they just keep creating headlines, so we have more and more stuff to write about. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. All right, Dan, that bring us home, man. Um, I would say, I would say probably bring Allen, like locking him up. I, I do. I, I'm not like really, really high on Jared Allen, but I think he. You, you gave up a one for him. I, I get that it was a late one, but you did give that up. I think he he seems like a good culture guy. He seems unselfish, um, I, and I do think that there's untapped offensive abilities with him. I think he actually has stretch big potential. Um, there's been bits and pieces of that. I think that's, so I, I'd say that. Um, and then I, I would probably say it's flipping Prince and or Jetty for like a valuable, like shot creator. I, I think just getting somebody via trade that's a shot creator and, and kind of can hunt for you um, off the bench, especially like a movement, a guy that can shoot off movement ideally as well is another thing. Um, and uh, Ralph in a prior pod that we did with uh, Justin Matcham on um, that basically kind of touched on even just getting like a vet that's not like a Jay Crowder guy, but just the guy that's going to come in and like not take shit from people. Um, that's, I think Bullock, like somebody like that, if that's an alternative to, to like not trading somebody, um, that's just going to be like a leader in that way that can also like produce and shoot. And I mean, in theory, I'm not saying I would necessarily advocate for it, but maybe a guy like Danny green is a guy that you maybe might have some interest in coming here. Um, I, again, I, I don't think that's a possibility, but maybe that's something they consider. Uh, but I just think like wing shooting is, has got to be like, you got to take some pressure off the core, even if it's a guy that is going to, come in for bench stretches. I just think that's the key, but um, I think maybe more than anything else, you, you do need to get, uh, you need to lessen the burden on Garland. And I, I, regardless of if you trade Colin or not, they need to get a guy that's, I, I, I personally think like ideally that um, one, I think that's almost like the priority more than anything else. And if you have to almost overpay for McConnell and I get the concerns that he's only six one for potential playoff stuff, whatever. But I just think they need a guy that preserving Garland, especially if you do deal Colin is, is gotta be a need. And if later in the draft, I'm not, I'm not really the biggest fan, but if you got a guy like Sharif, Sharif Cooper um, with like one of the Knicks picks, if that's what eventually they do, I could I could advocate for that. I'd I'd rather them get a guy like Trey Murphy. It's like a pure shooter, but um, yeah, I just think for them you got to find a way to flip Prince um, for ideally wing shooting and or um, at, at least just get Mobley hitch on that. And uh, I think that regardless, I don't think they can have like an F off season. I think they're there are things I think they can do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not, they can have an F off season. Yeah. You've seen what Kobe <laughs> Altman can do. Uh, I mean, we all well, remember the, Ky- okay. we all remember the Kyrie trade. I, was, uh, was that Altman or was it, yeah, that was Altman. That was, it was like Altman's first, first move. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Like, so. so hopefully it's not enough, but it, I don't think they're going to, I'm just saying, I don't think there's going to be something like, like, yeah, that one rumored trade, with the Knicks was was not great, but I'm I'm just saying like they have to get like they're they 
should be able to get like they they should be using the mid level. I think that's key. Mm-hmm. If they don't do that this time, I, I'm honestly going to be kind of pissed. 